Welcome back to another episode of In the Zone. Giancarlo Alino, Anthony Piniello, and Chris Martelli. Uh, guys, Kawhi Leonard is a monster. He is the man. Chris, you were in the arena for this. Oh. Tell us about this atmosphere. Tell us about Kawhi's shot going in because it looked like time stood still there. Raptors going on. What were your thoughts? Wow. Uh, the atmosphere, the Leafs, uh, they got to take some notes here because there are a lot of we always get this assumption where there's always a lot of suits, and there are. There are a lot of suits in Leaf games, but the wraps, there are still some suits, but very little. And oh my God, the atmosphere was just booming. Even when they were losing, it felt like they were up by like 10. Like if they were down by three, it did not matter. We were still loud, yelling. Um, all I got to say is Kawhi Leonard has brought something to this Raps team that no other Raptor has ever brought, and that is a closer and a guy that can just do it all. I mean, I loved, I love DeMar DeRozan, but what we just saw, what Kawhi did, DeMar would never be able to do that. Can't close out a series. Kawhi is the guy that we've needed is for that, so long. Is that the most iconic shot in Raptors history? That That is the most iconic and the most important shot in Raptors history. And I'll tell you why. If Kawhi did not make that shot, because the play before that, he missed the free throw and Jimmy Butler ran down and tied the game. But with four seconds left, we all had hope. We said, okay, just pass it to Kawhi or Siakam or whoever and they'll probably get the bucket. But the way that he took the bucket, I thought he would have like drove to the paint. But he went to the outside corner and drained it over Joel Embiid. That's just a shot that you don't you don't make. If you're like a Siakam or a DeRozan or a Bosch, anyone below the Kawhi Leonard caliber, you're not making that shot. Like the only other guys that I could be confident enough in saying that would make a shot like that is LeBron because he did last year yeah. against the Raps, similar like that. Uh, I'd say like a Lillard could make a shot like that, a KD – but there's not a lot of clutch guys out there in this league. So I don't even think Giannis would make a shot like that. Um, so Kawhi Leonard, this game was insane. He played 40 minutes. Yes, he put up 39 shots, which I thought was kind of a lot. But, you know, you have to do that. You have to have the balls to do that. And he did it. Lowry, this game, I thought was great as well. A lot of people didn't think he was engaged enough. Yes, he got into foul trouble, trouble early, but the refs were not really helping him. I mean, Redick was flopping all over the floor. But I got to give the Sixers credit. The starting five was on for 40 minutes, all five of them, and they were all consistent. The only guy that I would really bash this game was Ben Simmons. He did not do a lot. I thought he should have bullied guys like Lowry and Danny Green a little more on the mismatch, but he didn't. And... Um, Again, the Raps just capitalized, I think, on their chances. There was a last minute there where they allowed three straight shot clock violations. The, the Sixers could not get a shot off. So that's, I think, why they won. But, yeah, man, that atmosphere, that that final buzzer beater, it was just insane. The fact that he shot it, he had time to squat down and look at it and then celebrate was just – it was insane. I, I don't really have words, and I think this Bucks and Raps is going to be a treat. It's going to be a great series. What did you think of watching that? Like, just seeing the moment, Kawhi looking at it, it bounces, so everyone's thinking, ah, oh, like he I love how Joel Embiid was also right beside him looking. And like, then, oh. Yeah, he turned around, and then it bounces again. And like, oh, okay, and it goes up, on. down, hits another time. The fourth rebound, it goes in. A silent moment, everyone cheers, it's over. Like, 
the most it's emotion crazy. I've ever seen out of him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was surprised. I thought he was a robot. And then showed emotion. So Kawhi, like, now when you look around the league, do you think, like, how can he leave a situation like that? Now he's an actual Raptor. Like, he's the guy now. He's part of the most iconic moment in franchise history. He's no longer, like, a rental player coming in. Now he's the cornerstone of the franchise how do you see him does he leave now after that definitely not I don't see him leaving after this I think this moment here it deserves to be put on a poster outside of Scotiabank that shot is just it, like it gives you goosebumps at the end of the day like when you think of like Vince Carter doing the dunk contest oh so many years ago you know that's all you kind of remember but this shot you're going to remember forever especially I am I know I was live but like just looking at the, the atmosphere, you know, the end result, the entertainment fact. He shot it over Joel Embiid, a seven-foot center. Yeah. And the guy had his hand up, and he somehow got it over and it went in. It, it, I, don't, yeah, I, I don't even have words, man. It's just it's a moment where, like, like time stood still for that moment. And finally, ter- a Toronto team got it done, and they got the game winner. And you know what? Like, I mean, it couldn't have been written any better. Kawhi Leonard getting the game winner like it couldn't have been any better than that he redeemed himself from missing the free throw and he also got 44 points to add on to that mind you he's averaging I think like 35 this postseason which is no Raptors ever done that so he is by far the best Raptor of all time anyone could come at me I will put out my opinion and my you know my research behind it because this guy's one of the best in the game right now if not the best. I mean, I was telling you before, there's always going to be rumors about guys going to different teams and like Kawhi wants to play with this guy and all these like fantasy matchups. But Kawhi and himself, wouldn't he be enough to draw other guys to Toronto? Like, why would he have to leave? Yeah. People see the success the Raps are having. They're in the final four. Wouldn't players around the league want to play with that guy? Well, it's crazy. I was when I was at the game, I was looking at the banners like, at, at you know, on the and we've made the. I think we've been the Atlantic champions three times with three years in a row. And yeah, like we have a winning team. We've had a winning team for like four or five years now. I don't understand why free agents don't even consider Toronto. And I think it might be because of the analysts, to be honest, because the analysts are so against teams going to Toronto. I love Stephen A. I love Max Kellerman. I love all these guys, but they don't they don't even mention Toronto when it's like when you're talking about like a Kyrie Irving on free agency or KD. They're not even mentioning Toronto at all. They're just mentioning the Lakers, the Knicks, the worst teams in the league. The worst teams, and it's crazy because you, you Pinello, you're right. Kawhi Leonard by himself, especially with that shot now, he should at least be calling, or Kemba Walker should at least be looking at that and be like, "Hmm, this is a this is a pretty good team. Like, I'd I'd love to play here." And again, you have an aging Kyle Lowry who next year is he going to be able to play 36 a night? I don't, I don't, I have no idea. So. If anything, we might have to make a trade or we might have to sign a free agent. But after a performance like that, I wouldn't see any free agents not coming to Toronto. I think they need to look at this team and say, not only is this a NBA team, this is a na- this is a nation's team yeah. here. This is a Canada's team. So would you rather just – I know they're all American and they want to be home all the time, like Kawhi earlier in the season saying he wants to go back to L.A., but come on, man. You just made that shot. You're now a part of Raptors history. Don't you want to stay here now? Like you've made a legacy here, so like if you even if even if we go to let's say we beat the Bucks, we go to the finals and we lose to the Warriors, don't you want to stay knowing that you have one more piece you can add and you could potentially beat Golden State? 
And next year, Golden State won't have KD. So I think anything's possible with Kawhi. I hope he stays. I think he should, but it's a business, man. You never know nowadays. Yeah, and then now looking on to their next matchup, they got Milwaukee, Giannis Antetokounmpo, best player probably in the league or among them, top two for sure. In the conference right now, the top two are Kawhi and him. So oh, yeah. it's going to be best on best. Uh, looking around the other guys, though, on their starters, you got Lopez in. I don't know if Paul Gasol is going to play. He might still be injured for the first bit of that series. And the Raptors, OG Ananobi can come back. I think that guy could be an X factor for this team. Just what he has defensively. It's kind of like Kawhi a bit, two-way game. Do you think this is a better matchup for the Raptors than Philly was? I will still say no, but if um, I still I think that we have three players on this team that could guard Giannis, and you can't really say that with a lot of other teams. I think Kawhi can cover Giannis. I think Siakam could cover Giannis, and I think a potential OG coming back could cover Giannis because we saw last year OG cover LeBron, and he did a hell of a job. So, I mean, like that's I think when you look at starting five and you look at the matchups. I think that the Raptors have a pretty good understanding of who they should cover, whereas in Philly, they kind of didn't because Simmons was point guard, but yet he could be power forward, and Butler could be point guard, or he could be small forward, or shooting. Like They were all over the place, so I think now with this team, you have more of an idea of who you're matched up against, so I think Kawhi, Kawhi would probably obviously go right to Giannis right away. You probably have Siakam on, I don't know, maybe Ursan Ilyasova. That's the weak link in the starting five. You have Gasol on Lopez, or if you want a Baca starting, I don't really know what the matchup is there. But then you would have Kyle Lowry probably covering um, Eric Bledsoe, and then you'd have Danny Green on Chris Middleton. But for me, the X factor for the Bucks in this series is Chris Middleton. If that guy conti- consistently drains threes and he does his job, he's going to be a nightmare for Danny Green and, and the Raps. But... I like the Raps' chances here. I think if Kawhi can just keep up what he's doing, I think he's outplayed Giannis in the playoffs, at least so far. If Marcus Gasol can play like he did in Game 7, I think this is going to be a cakewalk for the Raps. He just did his job perfectly. He actually played more than Kawhi in the game. He played 45 minutes, did his job. Defensively, he's amazing. He For a big man, he's one of the best playmakers in the game as well, Marcus Gasol. So, the only another guy that's tough to kind of guard is Brooke Lopez because he takes so many threes and he's a big man. So I don't know how Marcus Saul is going to kind of cover that or if Serge is going to cover that because Serge is more of a post up guy. But yeah, you know what? Um, this is going to be a fun series. I want to see Giannis and, and Kawhi just keep going at it. And uh, I'm going to say Raps and Six here. I like it. Raps and Six. <laughs> well, Raps and Seven. They take it on the road. I like it. So uh, now that the East is covered, what about the West now? Golden State, Portland, uh, you know, Houston got exposed. The excuse last year, we didn't have Chris Paul. Well, you had him and Golden State didn't have Kevin Durant and they took him apart. <laughs> like Steph Curry looks like a video game still, draining threes from everywhere. Even when they're down by nine, he just right away, in like 30 seconds, they're back in the game. So do you think Golden State should, uh, this should be a cakewalk for them against Portland? I don't want to say a cakewalk, but I'm going to say – I'll say six games. I'll say I'll say Portland takes two games. Um, before, I st- b- before I talk about Portland, I just want to quickly touch on Houston quickly because that was, that was just such a bad game for Houston. Game six, you're at home. KD is not even playing. Draymond Green has not been as offensive as he wants. Also, Steph Curry has a dislocated finger and um, – 
you know, this is this is a series for you to grab. You know, you're down 3-2, you're at home. James Harden might be your MVP winner when all is said and done. Chris Paul did not show up. James Harden showed up but didn't show up enough. And guys like Clint Capella and P.J. Tucker were just not there defensively. And Steph Curry was cold in the first. The first half, Steph did not do a lot. But in the second half, he dropped 30 points. Didn't he not get a point in the first half at all? That's why. I think, <laughs> I, think he, I think he had like five in the first half. And then the second half, you know that it's an elimination game. You know they're going to hand it to Steph. And you allow him to get 30 points in the second half and lose at home. So if I'm Mike Dant, like if I'm the coach of the Rockets and I'm James Harden and I'm Chris Paul, I'm doing my research. I mean, I gotta like if you want to win a championship, you gotta get through Golden State. And yes, they had that excuse last year; they didn't have Chris Paul. You have Chris Paul this year. You have Clint. You had, you had a healthy lineup, and you still did not win. So. Um, they have a lot of things to work on and they have a lot of things to think about. But I wouldn't solely blame James Harden. A lot of people are just pointing at him saying, oh, he didn't do his job. He didn't bring that MVP form in this series. It's like, you got to listen, though. You got to understand that he was being covered by Klay Thompson, who is one of the better defensive. He's a very underrated defensive player in the league. KD was also covering James Harden earlier in the series, which, mind you, KD has a seven foot five wingspan. So it's going to be hard for James Harden to pull up, do the step back, and you know shoot over him. So they they did their job defensively on Harden, but if I have to blame someone, if I have to blame an actual player, I can't. I can't just. I have to blame Chris Paul here because he got in Curry's head, saying you can't come on the floor because I don't know if you guys heard he wanted to have an hour shoot around Curry, and Paul's like, no, you're not like you're not going to have the shoot around. Because it was in Houston, so he's like, okay, you're not going to do it. So he didn't, and still he came out and he schooled Chris Paul in the second half. So I don't I don't really know if it's because Chris Paul is getting older or I don't really know, but he just did not look like himself, and Curry just flat-out outplayed him in this one. Yeah, and I don't know, Melo, does that uh, come into it? Because they had him at the beginning, all this hope, they made this stupid trade. Of trading your defensive players that helped you like Ariza last year and you don't have that yeah. piece that you could have used in these two games and Melo was playing only 10 games they already gave up on him you look at what they needed in this he needed some scoring maybe that could have been a guy off the bench so was that a bad thing by the management not to find a replacement for him I think the replacement was supposed to be Eric Gordon I think he was the guy that was supposed to kind of you know step up and be like okay listen we got rid of Carmelo we're going to give you another six minutes to play on the on the floor. Just go out there and try and drain as many threes as you can. But again, Eric Gordon was shut down by Clay pretty well all series. Steph Curry is a freak. You know, he's been with this dynasty. He's he's basically a winner. When you look at Steph, I don't care what you say who his teammates are, all that. Steph Curry's a winner. So when he's on the when he's on the floor, on the court, whatever you want, however you want to put it, this guy's going to drain threes. He's going to pass. He's going to, even Curry defensively, no one really talks about his defensive game. He's a pretty damn good defensive player. Um, so without Carmelo Anthony, I'm not going to say it's be- that's why they lost, but I-, I don't know. Melo was, to me, was a red flag all year. He came in, he looked out of shape. He didn't really know what his shooting was off. Never been a good defensive player. So I don't know if Melo really would have done anything in this series, but 
again, I mean, Golden State's the better team. But again, I thought Houston was going to win this year, but they couldn't. They couldn't shut down Curry, I guess. But it was a, now we're going to go. Now I want to just quickly talk about Portland. Lillard's been a freak yeah, this playoffs. Yeah. I think he's been better than Curry. Um, a lot of people are going to say you're crazy when you say that, but Lillard, he's proven to finally, you know, get put his postseason demons aside where they could not win before. They'd get swept every year. There was that one year he actually beat out Houston in the first round, and then they went in the second round. They didn't win a game. So this is crazy for Damian Lillard. I'm really happy for him. They never got to the conference finals under him, so he's finally there. CJ McCollum's been great. NS Cantor's been great. But again, it's Golden State. They're at home. They have all the momentum. Katie, I think he's missing the first two games at Oracle, which is huge for Portland. They need to capitalize on that. But I still think Oracle, I think uh, I think Golden State's going to take both at home. I think they're going to go up 2-0. I say they'll win one away. I say maybe game five they'll take. But I still think, I'll say Golden State in six games. I think Lillard will take two, but Golden State's too good, man. I will take Golden State in five. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go Golden State in five. I just... I think it's set in stone. I think it would be perfect if it was the Raptors and the Warriors now. Because I said before, Rockets and Raps is the final that I want to see. So basically, I love Giannis. I think he's got a great future in this league. I think he's going to probably be one of the best in the league, maybe next year, two years. But I don't think this team has what it takes to win a championship right now. If they could beat the Raptors, though... I don't really see a guy on the Warriors that could physically cover Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah. If it's one guy, I would maybe say Igudala, but that guy is not the same player he was four years ago. So I'm I'm a huge. We're all Raptors fans here, but like let's be real here. If the Bucks, as they are favored to beat the Raps, if they could beat the Raptors, go to the finals and face the Golden State Warriors, who would you have cover Giannis? Seth Curry. <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone else you would draw to like thompson durant then you have cousins maybe cousins would cover them that's see and that see that but that fast. but that's a matchup that's gonna fail because he's too fast for cousins yeah that's see like the only guy i maybe have cover Giannis is kd but i don't know if that's i don't know if that's a good idea i think Giannis would body him all day yeah Giannis is a big man kd's yeah. a he's a little skinny if those two can uh, cancel each other out, though, wouldn't the Warriors have enough depth to take over the game? Yeah, I mean, as long as they pass it to Curry and, and that's Clay it. and yeah. all the threes. <laughs> well, no, because again, like Clay Thompson, we don't even, like. No one talks about his defensive game. Like he could even cover Giannis if he really wanted to, but they're not going to do that. They're going to have Thompson have the easier matchup against Middleton, the catch and shoot guys, and they're going to battle it out. But I think. If the Bucks go to the finals, it's going to be tough for Golden State, but I still think Golden State would win. But I think the Raps have a better chance of dethroning the Warriors than any other team does right now, the way that Kawhi's been playing. He's just – and we saw earlier on in the year that the Raps, uh, they beat out um, – well, Steph, Steph Curry was injured that game, but KD dropped like 55 that game, and they still won. So I have faith. I have faith in the Raps, and uh, I will say the Raps – Will win it all if they face Golden State. Knock on wood. Let's knock it there. (laughs) But we will end it on that. Yeah, let's end it on that note because that was positive. That was good. 
now we will go to the ring because hockey is not really doing much. We, we could talk about it, but we'll wait till the finals to talk about it. So we're going to get now into Raw. Raw was better than the last couple weeks, was it not, Pinello? I mean, it's hard. The, the bar is just set so low. So, yeah, and an average show will get the job done. Well, it's getting to the point now where even guys like Triple H are coming out to the media and saying and tweeting. They're saying, like, yeah, the ratings are at an all-time low. I think it'd be better if Vince stepped down. I saw I saw an article, and that, that, that was crazy. When I saw that, I was like, how bad are the ratings? Like, how bad is the third-hour viewership? It must be at an all-time low. Is it even making a million views now the last hour like barely yeah, scratching like one point like it's ba- like yeah it's, it's barely under two million for sure it's just not good and again you kick off raw with a smackdown superstar roman reigns coming out to Miz tv and that set up a good old teddy long tag team match with elias and bobby lashley exactly what people want to see and um it ended in the dq because obviously you have to build stories why why have a normal match <laughs> So what were your thoughts on this one? Uh, I just want to talk about how it started. I don't know about you guys, but the talk shows for me, they they just seem so bland and they're just they're all the same. Like, what's the difference from doing a backstage interview? Like, they just changed the carpet to black and then put two chairs in the ring. It's Miss TV. It's the Kevin Owens show. It's Moment of Bliss. Like, they're all the fucking same. But the match itself was fine, I guess. Yeah, I think creatively, when you look at the the way they do these shows, it, they don't put a lot of thought into it. They're just they they rely on the character of the superstar. It's like, okay, the Miz will carry this. We don't really care how it looks. Oh, Alexa Bliss will sit on a chair and she'll sell stuff. Like it's it's just stuff like that. Like I like I'm not gonna try and compare it to like what Edge used to do or what Chris Jericho used to do because those two superstars have charisma that not a lot of people have, but. Like, guys like The Miz and guy, and people like Alexa Bliss, they have that charisma. They really do. Deep down in their core, they have it. But with this bland-ass stage and black and a little TV and a little chair and, like, a, a little microphone that has the M. Like, it's not – it doesn't do enough for me. <laughs> and they talk about the same shit all the time. Like you said, with a, the moment of Bliss, it never got to a single uh, – idea. like, she would be talking. Someone would come out and interfere, and that would be it. They would not finish the – the, what what she was talking about so it's crazy like, it's dumb i don't understand why you have to do these talk shows like i actually don't I, like unless it's character enhancement or you're building uh, you're making a heel turn or you're making a new program so be it but with stuff like this when you have reigns come out with the miz and i don't i don't really understand why roman and the miz need to be in the same ring like at the same time at this time i, I don't understand like it. you can do that in the backstage promo and maybe five minutes less time but like yes they're both like they're both interacting with shane but at the same time shane was he there like i don't even think he was there oh he was backstage he was backstage but like uh it was dumb i can't wait for them to end that feud with the miz and shane i just i can't wait it's gonna be amazing i want them to end the wild card rule now like (laughs) it was a week there's Leave it at that. I don't it's know why they want to. And then you had two uh, two future endeavored superstars go at it. You had Mojo versus Apollo Cruz. Don't care. Part of the wild card <laughs> rule. Apollo Cruz coming from SmackDown. Because everybody wants to see him. <laughs> Up next we had was the Becky Lynch signing. I love Becky. I think she's probably I'll say she's number two in the company right now. Um, I don't know what they're doing with this story. Becky two belts. I don't know what they're doing with it. 
If it means she loses at Money in the Bank, who would you rather have her lose to? Me, it's the obvious Charlotte Flair. But that would mean Charlotte has like nine titles or eight, which is dumb. I'll take that all day over. Over the Lacey. Yeah, Yeah, but but what were your thoughts on the signing? I like the segment. I usually don't like these contract signings, but uh, yeah, they said some very compelling stuff. Charlotte and Lacey were kind of teaming up on Becky. Fucking twins over there. Yeah, it was. uh, I, I dug it. I actually liked how they both kind of went and they beat the shit out of Becky and put her through yeah. the table. Yeah. I was both like, okay, times. that's that's nice heat. Both holding their both titles. holding the belt. That's a you're gonna see on Sunday. That's gonna be the ending of the promo, <laughs> and that's it. That's that's how you uh, you advertise a match. But I really hope that she doesn't lose one. I hope she retains both. My ideal booking is what I would do is I would have a long ass Charlotte and Be- uh, Becky match. And I would have Bailey win the Money in the Bank, and I would have Bailey cash in on Becky later in the night, and I would have Bailey win the SmackDown Women's Title, and there is your heel turn for Bailey, and that is where you kickstart a fresh ass character and a fresh start for a belt. Does she feud with Charlotte then? I would no, I'd say Becky, Becky. for now, but I don't, see, like that's where you kind of put yourself in a corner. I guess you could have Becky kind of go for her belt back, and she has the raw. I see, like I don't know. They put themselves in a corner, but I'd have I'd have Bailey cash in on Becky Lynch. I like it. But yeah, up next we had was Ricochet and Baron Corbin. Corbin got the win. Is Corbin gonna get a is he gonna get a universal title shot? It looks like it might be going that way. I think I kinda said last week I wouldn't be surprised if they gave him the briefcase. A lot of people are so pissed off that he'd be Ricochet, but like if you kind of look at it, it makes a, a little sense because the week before he pinned the Universal Champion. So it's like if Ricochet were to beat Corbin, then you'd have to kind of go somewhere there. But I don't know if they're thinking that in depth, but that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, the, I, the only reason why they're mad is because Ricochet loses all momentum going yeah. into the pay-per-view. And it's like this guy's one of the up-and-coming guys, and Corbin's already had his moment where he had the briefcase, and then he went on a whole character revamp, and he retired Kurt Angle, and now all this heel antics is adding up, and... Will he get the title eventually? I really hope not, but he is entertaining as a heel. I will say Baron Corbin's doing his job, but I still don't understand the win here. I don't think they needed to have a match, Corbin and Ricochet. I think I would have rather had Corbin just cut a promo and you have Ricochet take on someone else, maybe like an Elias or someone like that, and just keep moving forward. But I do like the momentum they've given Corbin going into this pay-per-view. I like what you said. I think a lot of people don't see Corbin winning this, and if they do, they're being delusional and they just don't want to see it. I mean, I think Corbin would be a great fit as a as a Money in the Bank winner because he's probably one of the top heels in the company, and everyone hates him, and he's doing his job on a weekly basis. But the only the only reason why I see people upset is because it literally gives Ricochet no momentum heading into it, and it's like, is this guy even worth? being in the match now i think their idea of momentum was after the match when corbin went to climb up and grab the briefcase and he tipped <laughs> he the ladder over yeah. so the last thing you saw was ricochet but at the same time like it did, he lost the match yeah it didn't it didn't really <laughs> do much but uh, after that we had aj and seth basically just talking what were your thoughts on this was there any hinting at heel turns or no nothing they've done it a little bit with and it's mostly aj that they're kind of hinting towards i don't want to see aj turn i think he's still a great face and um he still gets a reaction like people aren't tired of him when he comes out and they start booing and like they're see stale i think they should just roll with it face first face and see what the outcome is how the reception is from the crowd and if 
they don't really like it, then the next night you can always change and have somebody turn heel. But right now, I think it's fine the way it is. Mm-hmm. If I had to pick, I'd probably have Rollins turn. But, you know, what you said, like, it would be a, a breath of fresh air if they just do face versus face. Like, you don't have to have the systematic good guy, uh, good guy versus bad guy. Like, just let them go at it, see what happens. And then if the fans make up their mind who they like more, then you can kind of go from there. Can you see, like, a Paul Heyman interruption here? And Seth Rollins aligns with him? Because I don't know why I could see that. I could just see Seth and Paul Heyman being a, a tandem. I haven't seen him since, what, Mania? Yeah, that's why. I could I could see it. I could see Seth turning heel here. I think it's good for him because, like we've said before the podcast, he's been kind of corny. Yeah. And, like, I, I don't like seeing him like that. I think him beating Brock Lesnar in under two minutes, he should be more cocky and more, yeah. you know, out there. And he's not, so... I'm waiting for Paul Heyman to come out, and I think Seth Rollins should align himself with Paul Heyman. It just it makes it so much more entertaining. I love the face versus face, but like, there's always going to be that. Okay, let's shake hands, or yeah. like, you know what I mean? All like that. I don't like that. Just fucking wrestle, and that's it. And you're done. You lose, you lose. That's it. Then maybe you could turn heel if you lose. But I I don't want to see AJ heel. I don't. I don't want to see that. I think he's been great as a face. I think Seth is – it's about time he turns heel. It's about time. I mean, at the same time, AJ's been faced for how long? But, again, you have to look at SmackDown. They had no he, uh, they had no faces at the time when he was running it. So, I mean, okay, well, you look at Raw, too. There's a lot of heels on Raw. You have Bobby Lashley, Elias, Corbin, Drew, Sami Zayn. You have all those guys. So, maybe AJ for now, maybe stay as a face. I don't know. I like what they – I like how they both – didn't come out and weren't really on the show because that was kind of new. Like they didn't have to go out there and cut a 15 minute promo and be like, okay, we already know all this. So they had like the little video packages and they showed AJ's footage from like WCW and TNA (laughs) and they showed Rollins when he was on the indie scene. I'm like, okay, this is cool. This is different. It's like, that was the promo that like showed fans like that. This is actually a dream match. Like they had their, they took their paths and now they're finally here and, it's going to be a great match. Hopefully, there's no shenanigans here. Like, I'll take that over a half an hour talk show to start. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm yeah, for sure. Um, up next, we had was actually surprising. Fatal 4-Way and Nikki Cross looked strong as hell here. Um, I read online that they're going with this whole character where she's normal backstage. And then when she comes in the ring, she's like a psycho. So, mind you, she beat Natalia, Naomi, and Dana Brooke. Not the most, you know, not the best competition, but... I mean, she looked very dominant here, but the weird thing is she gets this win and she's not even in the Money in the Bank match. So does do you see her maybe taking someone's spot? I don't know if she'll take someone's I really hope it's Dana. I think we're all on the same page there. But they should have plans for her because she is, like you look at that, it's not a very deep roster. No. Uh, I'd imagine they have plans for her. And during that backstage segment, when she's like trying to like consult Alexa and she's being all nice, and after Alexa walks away, she does like a sadistic Bray Wyatt smile. Oh, yeah. Like, this is something I can get on board with. And she's very charismatic and she's obviously good in the ring. So I'm on board. Would you be okay with a uh, Nikki Cross versus Ruby Riot singles feud? I would. Speaking of that, when's the last time you saw Ruby Riot? Been a while. Yeah, I have no idea what they're doing with her. <laughs> I have no idea. But, uh,. Yeah, we'll keep rolling. Um, after that was Ray and Cesaro in the match of the night. Um, every time Cesaro turns into a singles competitor, he just puts on match after match after match after match. 
this guy has to be universal champion eventually. I, I have to see it. I have to see it before he goes. I love what he said uh, to Dominic, saying that he looks like Samoa. Oh my and, God. And, then he, and then Ray attacked him. Uh, yeah, Pinello, just uh, tell us about that. If you can just get two quality in-ring guys and put them in the ring, I am on your side. I will give that a thumbs up every time. They gave him 15 minutes. Rey Mysterio is one of the best of all time. Cesaro is one of the most underrated wrestlers ever. Yeah. So those guys going at it, like they did it two weeks ago with Cesaro and Cedric Alexander. It was just, it's awesome stuff. It's only going to do good thing for your show. Um, believe it or not, after the match, uh, Vince apparently was very happy with this. And apparently they may be looking at a U.S. title feud down the road between Rey and Cesaro. So we might see that at SummerSlam, maybe. Or and I'm all, Joe. I don't know. <laughs> That's the problem. Scene. That's <laughs> the problem. I really hoped he would be in the main event. But after that, we had Bray Wyatt revealing his new face on the latest <laughs> Firefly. <laughs> I haven't been watching it, but these two have. Just get into it. <laughs> okay, so it started like regular. Bray Wyatt comes in with that red sweater. He's all happy, and like you hear the kids in the background, yay! And then all of a sudden, he just like starts changing a little bit. He turns around, and then you just see the puppets like is getting scared, like no, no. And then the music hits of Bray Wyatt's like old stuff. It flashes like this dark puppet like thing, and he comes turning around, making these weird noises with a mask, and it's uh, it looked kind of like a Joker mask. And uh, yeah, Bray Wyatt's got a new look. He's gonna be resting under a mask. It's something fresh and looking forward to this he just he totally flip-flops he's like i have a secret do you want to know my secret <laughs> it just gets me every time he looks like a killer though yeah, like an actual like serial it. killer with that mask and those dirty ass pants so is it safe to say that this guy will get a main event push with this character i think he is uh, you know what <laughs> but it's bray wyatt i have yeah. no idea this is a good example of we've buried you so many times in the past but if you stick to the story and you give someone the time of day, you just you stick to the process. Maybe you'll it'll work out. You just got to put some faith in it. I just hope it's not like his le- his last WWE title run. That was a waste of time. So it was a fun three weeks. Yeah. And then to close the show, we had Braun Strowman versus Sami Zayn in a Falls Count Anywhere match, which led to Braun Strowman getting injured because of. D, uh, Drew McIntyre and Baron Corbin. <laughs> These guys always attack Braun Strowman. How many times have they yeah. attacked Braun Strowman now? Uh, it's been since October. And no matter <laughs> how many times Braun Strowman beats Baron Corbin after that, when they say, oh, this is the end of the feud, there he is again, pops in and interferes. Like, I love Baron Corbin. I love Drew. But why did you have to come out here and just give... I, okay, I love the final outcome where Zane just pinned him. That was awesome. But, like, why? Why did they have to come out? I don't I don't understand. That doesn't help Sami Zayn. I mean, it does to bring more heel heat. But come on, man. Like, how much do you have to protect Braun Strowman? You're bringing back a random-ass program. It's like, oh, yeah, here's a reminder that Baron was beating up Braun for four months before. We'll bring it back again so he doesn't lose clean. Like, Braun has not lost clean once. Actually, you know, he did. One F5. Bye. No, we're not going to count that. <laughs> so, like, that... That's why people don't like Strowman. Yeah. He never loses clean, and he always brings back bullshit storylines. You know how many times I've seen Strowman attack Reigns 
and then it goes to Corbin attacking Strowman or Drew attacking Strowman <laughs> or three people attacking Strowman and then they make a fucking pact and then Strowman makes a pact and then he turns heel on the shield. Like we've seen it so many times. So now Strowman not being in the main in the money in the bank, it it, it makes it a little more fun. But Sami Zayn, I hope he I hope he wins it if he's in it now. Yeah, I think that's I know that's my favorite. I don't know if he's gonna win, but just seeing Corbin drag Zayn and throw him on Strowman was probably the highlight of the night for me. Yeah. But the motivation was I mean, you talk about like recycling old storylines but i think it was just simply getting braun out of the match because they see how much of a threat he is if you're going to yeah, stick to that that's true that's that's really all i got there yeah <laughs> now we'll actually talk about the show quick and then we'll be done we'll talk first singles match for the raw women's title lacy and becky is it safe to say that this is a taste tester for vince with lacy evans 100 percent. if that wasn't the royal rumble way back when oh she was yeah she she, she was, was in it the longest time. Uh, she started it. Yeah. It was a little choppy and she botched a few things, so they put her on house shows for a few months and round two. Let's uh yeah, let's see what she does here, but I'm gonna go with Becky Lynch easily retaining this. But don't be surprised if Lacey uh gets the belt. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, Becky, I'm going with Becky on that. I think she retains, but Lacey attacks her after the match. You know, just her with the woman's right. And then next match in the card, Charlotte comes out and gets oh. her fifteenth million title reign. Oh, my God. You think Vince would screw her like that, back-to-back? Back? Yeah. Oh, easily. She's like, like, okay, your next match is with Charlotte Flair. That's right now. <laughs> Becky, two belts. Comes out, figure eight, bye. What'd you do if she comes out as a figure eight and taps? <laughs> Vince just comes out, ring the bell. That's Sweet. it. There it is. Okay, so if, the, if we're going to go by that, then is, it, is Charlotte winning the title? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so, too. I just don't see it with Lacey. I think it'll be a solid match, and it won't be a squash because you have to build up Lacey. But then she'll be damaged enough, and then Charlotte will squeeze the win later on. Damn it. Is that her ninth title reign? That would be her ninth, yeah. Wow, that's insane. That's uh, that's a lot. But uh, where would that then lead for Charlotte Flair down the road? Like, who, do you, who would you have her feud with? Because now Becky has the Raw and Charlotte has the SmackDown. Well, the... You said Bailey before. Ember Moon's on SmackDown, who's been doing nothing since she debuted. So I think those two names are that's – that's a good start. Yeah, okay. Well, there it is. Then we'll have uh, the Money in the Bank ladder match for the women's contract. you got Carmella, who's really done nothing. You have Ember Moon. Done, done not, Mandy Rose even hasn't really done a lot. Um, Bailey, Alexa Bliss, Naomi, Dana Brooke, and Natalia. Now, this is a crazy thing because I said Nikki Cross was not in it. She just beat three people that are in this match. She beat Naomi, Dana, and Natalia. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see a little backstage segment before the show and showing Nikki Cross being very nice to Vince and maybe getting herself in this match. I'm all in with Nikki Cross right now. I think if I had to take a name out, I think it's pretty obvious. It's either Dana Brooke or Naomi or maybe even Natalia because those three... To me, when I look at them, they have no, they have no shot. They have no shot at winning at anything. They're, they're just gonna, there. They're gonna win now because <laughs> someone's listening. Like, damn it, let's do it. <laughs> so Alexa Bliss, Bailey, Mandy Rose, to me are the big three. I think that have the most chance of winning this. I'll say Bliss every time because I think she gets the Charlotte Flair treatment. She gets handed a lot. Uh, Bailey needs it because her character is stale as hell. 
and uh, Mandy Rose because she's one of the best up and coming people. So I'm gonna go with Bailey winning this though. I think I t- I just said it before. I think this is uh, where WWE should get creative, and this is where Bailey should turn heel. I think Bailey. This isn't because yeah, I agree with you. There, her character is really stale ever since she got called up. Like it started to wear off a bit. Uh, I think Bailey can turn heel without the briefcase, where she has enough of a fan base that they would get behind her. Maybe facing like Ember Moon or Charlotte, and then doing something there. But this match, you need to go with someone who needs a career boost. It's either Dana Brooke, who she wants a chance. Get that smile off your face. <laughs> it's gonna happen. She's gonna jump off the ladder again. Oh. Do something stupid. Get that smile off your face. <laughs> when I saw that on Raw, I thought she honestly, I thought she hurt somebody. She flew off the ladder and the crossbody. That's like I thought somebody's shoulders done. And then other than that, I think Mandy Rose for sure. Uh, and then Mandy and Sonya feud a little bit, but those are my two picks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dana or Mandy, and I got Bailey. I I have Mandy. Okay. All right. I feel like she'll hold on to it for a long time and then go into a feud with Sonya because. You see, over the last like few weeks or so, Sonya's just kind of like, yeah. okay, let me step aside and you can have this. And, you know, you can kind of go somewhere with that. I kind of think, though, Sonya would be the heel in that because she keeps giving her these like opportunities because Mandy's going to get the opportunity and say, oh, I'm going to use your star power. And then once you get the briefcase, then she's going to turn on her and get the, like. Would you, actually ha- would you actually see Sonya as the, as the heel there? I'd probably see her as the heel, yeah. You see Mandy as the face. Have the golden goddess, you, you know. Like, I don't know, man. Like the way is. she just carries herself, Mandy. Just like you're a heel. Just look at you, you're a heel. You can go about it both ways, because like he said, like she's just handed everything, yeah. and Sonya's so overlooked. And in my opinion, Sonya's so much better. She is, yeah. So, but I, I can also see her like interfering in the match and screwing Mandy over, and then that kind of goes against everything I said. But yeah, I mean, you got to kind of look at what Carmella did two years ago. She was kind of a name where it's like, yeah, she's good, but she's not there. And that's Mandy Rose. She's good, but she's not there. <laughs> and uh, if she wins the belt, I mean, if she wins the briefcase, she will be there eventually. So, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if Vince looks at her and be like, you're cashing in in February. And you're, that's going to be your time. It's like, okay. Well, like I said, like you have all the time to practice and become better at what you do. That's Mandy and Sonya. They've literally, we've seen their journey. Naomi used to make fun of Mandy and them, and now look at them. Mandy and Sonya, they've, they've worked their ass off. They're here. They're doing their job. And I think Mandy might actually be the most deserving here. If it's not Mandy, it's definitely Ember Moon. It's one of the two that I think are the most deserving. But I, I still, I would love the Mandy Rose Money in the Bank win, but I, I don't know what it is, man. I just see, ba- I see Bailey winning it. You know how bad I want to, wanted to say Ember, but she's one of those performers that would flip all over the place and all these yeah. all these spots. She's the Kofi Kingston of the women's division. Yeah, she'll, she'll be the highlight, but she's not going to win, which is unfortunate because she's Or she's the, the Shelton best. Benjamin. Ah, there yes. it is. I just don't want to see Dana Brooke jump off a ladder in this. I think that's – you're putting five women's lives and careers at danger. <laughs> I, don't, I think if she injures three of them, there's your whole women's division and that whole wild card rule goes out the window. So uh, keep her away from the ladder, and you're all good. I still don't understand why Natalia's in this match. I look at what yeah. she has to offer. Like, what does she have to offer in this match? Cat ears. <laughs> <laughs> Cat 
veteran-like presence. There it is. Trailblazer. The women's tag title, too. Like, I would think Beth Phoenix, she's been, like, competing. That's not on, on the, the show. Stores. Yeah. So Damn it. I think Beth Phoenix, when she eventually makes her way back on TV, that's the feud with the Iconics. All right. That's fun. Don't want to see it, but okay. Um, next up, we have is Roman Reigns and Elias. Roman Reigns is winning yeah, this. Two-minute squash. I, I don't have a lot to say about Elias, but there's one thing, there's one word that I have to say about Elias, and that is disappointment. And it's not his fault. It's booking. It's usually the case. It's not their fault. It's not his fault. (laughs) He wasn't even supposed to be this over when he was in NXT. He was kind of like a secondary role in NXT, and then he comes up and he does all these concerts, and, you know, the crowd gets behind him, and then Vince is like, you know what? We'll have him never win. He'll win maybe like four times in seven months like you've said before you don't hear his theme that often and and it's it's, that's going to be the case here i think roman's gonna win in like six minutes and uh i think they're going down a path that they don't want to go down for both of these superstars i feel like if you want this roman reigns that's over i think you need him to lose here to elias but they're not gonna do that Call me crazy, but it's kind of similar to Bray Wyatt because they realize they have this amazing character and every time he's going to come out, he's going to do his job and nail it. So they feel like, oh, if he loses, it's not a big deal because we know he's a consistent performer. Elias is a consistent performer, so they feel like they'll just hand Roman another win. But I feel like this match, the main focal point will be Shane because it's been Shane and Roman and Elias has been like his lackey to Shane, which it should be the other way around disappointment do you see it like there's another scenario too do you see the Miz and shane's steel cage turning into a tag team no with roman and elias it's because it's shane and his ego is too big he does not need help so it'll be that'll be a steel cage i can kind of see it just because there's been so many swerves yeah but the only thing i can bank on for that match is a fucking shooting star press off the top yeah and he'll miss doesn't land on his and then he picks him up and does a skull crushing and then he'll reverse it do those like flippy punches and then win the match yeah so so again going back to what you said about elias and bray wyatt i kind of see it because over the years we saw bray wyatt feud with some pretty good people but did he win ever No. no he feuded with chris jericho never won Feuded with Dean Ambrose, never won. Feuded with Seth Rollins, never won. Feuded with Randy Orton, never won. Feuded with Roman Reigns in the past, never won. I think he's, he's so like he's a program with everyone. Yeah. So like it's getting to the point where you could feud with all these top end talents, and you see Bray Wyatt as a top end talent, but when you lose every single program you're in, it's like, who can you be? That's what it's like with Elias. You he's gone up against Roman. He's gone up against. Has he gone up against Seth? I don't think so. Got up against Braun, I think, lost. Matt Hardy and the Hardy compound he lost. Matt Hardy. When Jeff Hardy came as Brother Nero, and then he was <laughs> that was good, but they should have had like long term planning and where Bray Wyatt would eventually get the big win. But yeah, they ended it off that and then Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy were all of a sudden a tag team. I just want to go back to all of Elias's like pay per view matches, because I literally don't even remember a lot of them. But he I guarantee you he hasn't won more than like two. It's also their fault for having 19 pay-per-views a year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to kind of simmer down with that. But, uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, I think Roman's going to win this, and I think they're going to definitely uh, make a big mistake with this because if the more Roman Reigns wins, the more fans will go against him and boo him. So I think if you want to be smart here, you have maybe Shane interfere and you have Elias win. And uh, 
that makes more heel heat for Elias and makes more people cheer for Roman. Or you could go the route where Roman wins quickly and then that's where cheers start turning to booze and we're back to square one. Yeah. And I don't think Vince wants that. But yeah, up next we'll talk about is Miz and Shane. I think this is a flat out, I think this might be the most predictable. I think the Miz is winning this. This has to end. And the biggest question is what happens with the Miz after this program? Because we've seen him hint. Uh, he, didn't he say he wants a title? I think, yeah, his first week on Raw. Yeah, so wild maybe nonsense. Seth? Possibly, yeah. But uh, I think you brought it up a week or two ago. Like, where do you see him going? He's just always glued to a title. So he, you, know. you don't want to see that. You want no, to see no. him face... I do want to see oh. him in the title picture. You think of the Miz, and he's always got a title with him, and then he always makes it relevant, like he did with the IC title. Just take in, picture what I said. Picture a heel Seth Rollins with Paul Heyman taking on a fresh-ass face Miz for the title. I like the there, I'd live to see that. There it is. My two boys going at it. I don't really know who I'd want to win that. I want the Miz. I think it's the Miz... too long since he hasn't had that title. But, like, wouldn't it have been perfect if he faced Brian? Yeah. They missed out. God damn it. They goofed it. Yeah. Yeah, let's move the Miz to Raw now. Oh, it's okay. The wild card rule. Yeah, he can go to SmackDown <laughs> and have a meaningless match like Apollo Crews did. <laughs> okay. So you, we, we're all safe to say that Miz is winning this? Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's fi- that's fun. Okay. Next we have is a U.S. title, Samoa Joe and Ray. They've hinted at Ray. Does he take it here? No. All in with Joe. Chokes him out in five minutes. <laughs> I think uh, this match is going to be what we should have saw at WrestleMania. It's going to be longer. It's going to be probably a good match. But Samoa Joe wins. Dominic gets involved. I want to see what kind of training Dominic. Dominic's been up to <laughs> with his three different uh, pers- like you know, mentors slash fathers that they've been hinting at. He must have learned a lot of moves. Samoa Joe. Yeah. Eddie Ray Guerrero. and Eddie Guerrero. Wow, that's, a, that's pretty good. Yeah, they, they deserve to have the match because just Mania was a clusterfuck. Yeah. So. If you think about it, this is a dream match too for some wrestling fans. I mean, a dream uh, match that you wouldn't want to, I don't know, like when I think of wrestling, I never would have thought that these two would face each other. Yeah. Never. One of the best uh, high flyers in history and then a brawler. One of the best, yeah, most like big agile guys. Oh, yeah. And Samoa can, Joe can have good matches with, like, smaller guys like he did in Impact with Austin Aries, AJ, and like, so. That's what everyone makes that's good. here now. Yeah. So everyone that's on the roster now, it's – he's like, you can adapt to these guys. It's really good. And it's – especially at his age and all the injuries that he, like, could have had in his career, and especially he's a big guy, that's a real good thing to have. I like it. I think Samoa Joe has to retain this, and I think he might lose it at SummerSlam, maybe even before it. Still a pretty lengthy run. I'll take that. It is, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't expect him to hold it as long as because it is the U.S. title, and I swear it's cursed. You don't hold it longer than a month. But he, yeah, he's held his own. Um, he's. I like this program. I like the Dominic interaction. I don't know where that's gonna go or where it's gonna head eventually. I know a lot of people are saying he will be in this company in a couple years, which is crazy. He's our age. Um, now here's the biggest thing: Does Ray really need the U.S. title at no. this point in his career? No. This is where they always fuck up. They always put a belt on a guy that does not need it. When a guy, another guy, even Samoa Joe, man, like he's old. No one thinks he's old. He's pretty old. Yeah. But he, like he's just, he's a dime. He's a treasure. And uh, he's a he's a talent that not a lot of, like you don't see it a lot anymore. I know there's a guys like Keith Lee. They kind of, their moveset is kind of, it kind of revolves around Samoa Joe a bit. They're both agile. They're bigger. 
I would have said Bray Wyatt a couple years ago. That guy was agile. It was big. I don't, dude. I don't even remember how he wrestles. It's been like a year now. He hasn't been on TV, so I'm interested to see what happens and what they do with Ray after this. But I think Samoa Joe needs to go on a lengthy, lengthy run here. Um, would you guys be okay with AJ going for the U.S. title again? Nah, I wouldn't be a fan of it. I think I, yeah, I think I'm down for that. I think I said that a few weeks ago, and you guys are like, nah, we we saw that. Maybe, but, uh, maybe. I don't know. And any quality talent to help boost that title up, I'm all for. I just think it'd be perfect for the ratings. If you have like a, a heel set versus the Miz and then Samoa and AJ. There it is. There's your top two programs. Does Wendy make an appearance again? Yes. Wendy. <laughs> but yeah, that's basically it for that. Next we have is, um, we'll talk about the Universal title. Seth Rollins and AJ. Too soon for AJ to win. Um, I'll say Seth retains here. Now, this is a dream match for a lot of people. Does this have... I know a lot... Like, when I ask this question, does this match have the ability to be match of the year? Absolutely. Uh, AJ Styles, in my opinion, is the best performer ever. I know your thoughts on Seth Rollins. You think he's a fucking 10. Yeah. These two together, yeah. Like, there are certain guys you throw together and you think... There's no way this can possibly go wrong. That's me for this match. They just all they have to do is give it time and put it later in the card. Yeah, I think it's too soon for AJ. I would like to see him eventually maybe get the universal title, but I think right now Seth, you gotta run with that title reign and show that he is uh that wasn't a fluke at WrestleMania. He can defend the title against a star like AJ. Now I talked about earlier in the pod Heyman kinda coming back. Do you see a Seth Rollins heel turn at all down the line? I hope so. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah? I don't know, like, if Heyman would be With involved. a smirk. Yeah. I, just, I love that smirk and that douchey laugh. <laughs> I don't know if he needs a manager, though. I feel like he's he's been around long enough to where he can carry himself. Yeah, I think that's the case, too, but you never know with WWE. Like, like they put Punk with Heyman, and well, Punk, was... Punk could carry himself, but... It's That's like, a perfect pairing, though. That is. That was it. Oh, I don't want to. I can't talk about that now. Yeah, but Seth Rollins, I think uh, when you look at all-around talent, there's really not a lot better than him. And AJ Styles, you could put him in the Shawn Michaels conversation. He's up there, one of the best ever. And uh, these two going at it, I give it around 25 minutes. Um, can this be better than Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston? Hell yeah, I think it could be way better. That was a great match at WrestleMania. Wow, that was. That was great, but um, I think when you look at Seth Rollins' career down the road in like 10 years, you're going to look back at this match and you're going to say this, ha- this has to be top five. Like, I really hope that this delivers. I'm not, I don't want to jinx it, but you're looking at these two names. It looks like there's no bullshit here, just a singles match. It, it kind of reminds me of CM Punk and Daniel Bryan way back when they feuded. And it, like, I was kind of looking at it. I'm like, okay, CM Punk's had the belt for six months and Daniel Bryan's coming off a world heavyweight title run do you give Daniel Bryan the title this is a dream match there's CM Punk and there's Daniel Bryan one Smackdown superstar one Raw superstar going at it kind of like here AJ Styles ran Smackdown for years he's coming he's facing Seth now this is a huge match I really I really want this to go on last I know it's probably not but I I need this to go on last I need this to go on last what else would I Probably the men's money in the bank, yeah. or they maybe they're all in with Kev, Kevin Owens and Kofi. But 
I don't think that has the star power to main event. I feel like Seth and AJ will take it. I don't know. Like, a lot of great matches on the card. I haven't said that in a while, but the, the universal title with these two names involved, I feel like they have to close the show. Yeah, I feel like they have to. Unless they go with Becky closing the show. No, I wouldn't do that. She's I already on yeah. twice. I don't know. I wouldn't do that. Because she is on the poster. I don't know. We'll see. Um, so, yeah, we'll say Seth retains, and I'm hoping that we... At least when I go to SummerSlam, I want to see a heel Seth Rollins. That's all I'm saying. So up next we have is, we didn't even talk about this, forgot about it, the Cruiserweight title, Tony Nese and Arya Davari. Ever since Buddy Murphy lost, I feel like it has not been the same. I love Tony Nese, but no one is on that level of Buddy Murphy. So this is an easy retain for me. Uh, and then he's probably going to go on and face someone else after this. I think you're spot on there. About like, Buddy Murphy coming up, it's a time for... All these other guys to prove themselves finally. Davari's been on the roster for years. No one really hears about him. Now's his time. But do you think it's like a mistake that they made with like bringing Ali up and Buddy Murphy and Ricochet and all these cruiserweight guys? And like you literally look at the cruiserweight division and it's like it's kind of getting uh, kind of getting dry now. Like there's not a lot of like headliners. You know what I mean? Of, uh, it seems that way now. Like like I, even I thought... Tony Nese. I don't think he's a headliner. He's one of those guys, he's great in the ring, still needs work with his character. But like, I'd, I'd feel the same way about NXT. Like, when they bring up Shinsuke and... Oh, like, well, they brought everyone up. During, yeah. They brought Finn and Owens up, and I'm like, wow, there's going to be a big drop-off. And then they bring in a new crop of people. Gargano and all, yeah. And they're like, yeah, it's fine. And then all those guys come up, and you look at NXT now, and you're like, yeah, the fuck, they're fine. So I feel like 205's kind of the same, where that's mainly an in-ring, you know, promotion. Even Cedric getting called up, I was like... Yeah. Really? Like, what what is he doing? (laughs) He had that one match against Cesaro, and then that was it. It's a shame, but okay. Um, My biggest question with that is, who would his next challenger be? I think they'd be called Kushida. Yeah, I know they brought him in NXT, but... Like an emergency call-up. There's no one on 205 Live that would make me want to watch, and I I don't even think that's like a show a lot of people even watch anyways. It's on after SmackDown. A lot of people leave early. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we were part of that. yeah like i don't think anyone wants to stay for that after watching two hours of smackdown three hours of raw the night before it's just time where it is i think they should just do it where they do nxt for the one hour and then they do 205 but live at the same arena for another hour maybe you'll get like more people engaged with it but i don't really see anybody on their roster that has a, like that headliner that you said that effect on to make people want to watch i see like i feel like this would be the guy It'd be Tony Nese versus Hideo Itami, but he left. Yeah. So I think that this would have been the guy right here, but he left, and now it's Davari's time. So we'll see what happens there. But now we have two matches left to call. I will do this one next. Kofi and Kevin Owens for the WWE title. As much as I want to see Kevin Owens win the WWE title, you got to hold off on him a little bit. I think, um, you know, him just fresh turning heel. He was faced for literally like three weeks, maybe a month. Uh, that got stale really quick. Apparently, a lot of people did not like it. I didn't like it. I've ne- never seen him as a face. But they didn't even give it a shot. I feel like they could have maybe given it a shot. Didn't. So now he's facing Kofi Kingston. And uh, I think this is a predictable match, unfortunately. But I'm hoping that this is going to be incredible. You have two names here. Kofi just put on a hell of a match with Brian. Why can't he put on a hell of a match with Kevin Owens? My biggest question is what goes on with Xavier Woods in this match? That's my biggest question. I think he's still gonna play. Uh, I think he's just gonna play cheerleader like he's been doing the last month or so. But I, you know what? If if Owens were to win, 
and that's a big if because most people don't see him winning. Uh, I don't. I don't see. I it. can see Woods getting involved somehow, like like accidentally costing Kofi, and then maybe go with the promo uh, program there. See, I feel like if someone has to cost Kofi, it's Biggie. Yeah, it can't be Xavier Woods. That would not be an accident. <laughs> no, Biggie would literally come out and beat him up. And I would be all in for that. I'd be like, okay, here's your heel. Here's Big E. Here he is. <laughs> here's your next champion. That's why, like, I feel like you got to wait with with Kevin Owens. You got to go through all this New Day stuff, and then Kevin Owens will have his time eventually. Because, so, man, uh, we, we know he'll be in the main event for at least another couple of years. Kofi Kingston, it's like a head scratch. It's like, will he really get this opportunity again? So when Kofi loses, is it supposed to be, like, that's it? the most ideal opponent? Like an Andrade, if they were to. I like I that. feel like yeah. when Kofi loses, it's either going to be because of the new day, or it's going to be yeah, like an Andrade, like a guy that needs this moment. All right, all right, yeah, I can see that too. Or maybe it could be um, the money in the like a like a a cash in. I don't Always know. Fucking flip flops plans. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll we gotta wait and see, but I think Kofi. Uh, I think he has to retain here. Yeah. Just to make him look a little bit more um like a main eventer, a little more. Because you can't just go in, beat Daniel Bryan, and then lose right after. And back to the New Day stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, you, nah, you can't do that. Just just have him win, like, at least one more, and then and then that's it. Then you call it. Maybe SummerSlam he'll lose it. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I, don't know, I, don't know, I don't know what they're going to do with the money in the bank. I have no idea. Because I know SmackDown's had it the last couple of years. I don't know what they're going to do with it. I don't know. We'll see. But um, I know that they've, they've been rolling with Kofi Kingston. I know that Vince wants to roll with Kevin Owens, but he's going to have to wait. So, uh, yeah, then to close the show, we're going to talk about the Money in the Bank, the men's. Uh, we saw now Sammy replacing Braun Strowman. That makes it a lot more interesting. Sami Zayn, Ricochet, Drew, Baron, Ali, Finn, Andrade, and Randy Orton. Who wins this one? Sticking with my uh, my little wild card prediction last week and... Everyone's favorite son, whatever city they're in, Baron Corbin. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go, uh, if the match participants are, like, right now, I'm going to go Andrade. But with Sami Zayn coming in this, I see Brock, uh, Braun Strowman coming out, beating up Sami Zayn, and out comes Brock Lesnar to replace him. Brock Lesnar wins. And like you said, SmackDown had the briefcase the last few years. Brock Lesnar's going to get the briefcase. And he's going to cash in on Kofi Kingston. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> It's Kofi's time, though, like we just said. <laughs> okay, but, like, here's the thing. All that you just said, I would not be surprised it happens. You know why? Because you know what's in June? Yeah. The Saudi Arabia show. And you know who doesn't have an opponent right now? Brock Lesnar. <laughs> That's why I'm thinking and I'm looking at this. I'm like, he okay, let's say he, he comes in, he wins the Money in the Bank, cashes in at Money in the Bank. There's your WWE champion for Saudi Arabia. He was the champion last year for Saudi Arabia. So, I don't know, man. I I I could see it happening, but I don't I don't <laughs> But I don't want to I don't want to You know he faced Brock Lesnar before, right? Yeah. Remember at Madison Square Garden? Yeah. Yeah. When he suplexed him 20 times in a row. Yeah. yeah. Good Ooh. times. Took a beating. You know what? I'm going to go with Andrade winning this. I think that he needs it the most. A lot of people are saying, "Oh, why you say that? Ali's kind of in the same position." I think Andrade has a little more star power, and he's got a little more of it all. And um, he's got the he's got the manager in Zelina Vega. She's great. 
call me crazy, but I think Finn Balor and Randy Orton do not need to be in this match. I would have given it to maybe Buddy Murphy and Aleister Black. Yeah. Put those two in here. But I don't know, man. Like even you saying Baron Corbin when I don't think Baron needs to be in this match. It's won it already. Already one of the top heels. I don't know, man. Like it's it's tough. Like this was the year where I'm looking at the participants and it's like could have done without that guy. Could have done without that guy. Like even you could have put Cesaro in this yeah. instead of Randy. I feel like if you put in Buddy and Black, and there are so many people in this match that can like win it, just go through the stratosphere because they're all still kind of like unknowns, and that would be a little more enticing. Because then, like, Randy Orton's there, and he just kind of blends yeah. the fucking place up. He's going to hit 50 RKOs, but he's not going to win. <laughs> Even Finn Balor already has a title. I don't, I, don't I never, I did, when I saw him be in the match, I'm like, you're an IC champion. Why are you in this? Yeah. And you also just made an event against Brock Lesnar. Look, why are you in this match? You do not need to be here. Like, even... The direction I thought Drew would be in, I didn't think he had to be in this match. I thought he would have been going for the universal title. Yeah. My original prediction was actually Drew versus Seth after WrestleMania. I thought that's what they were going to do, but they're going with AJ here. So I, I I still think Drew, if he wins, I will not be surprised. I'll be like, okay, that's, there's your X factor. here. He'll carry it on Raw. He'll probably cash in on Seth eventually. But Drew is the guy where he has the star power. He doesn't need it. I look at Drew. I'm like, you don't need a cash into to prove that you're a universal champion. I look at you and you look like a universal champion. Baron Corbin on the other end though, he need I think he needs it more than Drew, believe it or not. I think he needs the briefcase more than Drew McIntyre. Who would you want to win this match? Sami Zayn. I'd that want him be, yeah. I'd want him to win because he's the perfect heel. He's been bashing the fans and Seth is a face at the moment. And what would a what a great what a great story if Kevin Owens wins the WWE title here. And Sami Zayn wins the money in the bank. And you know what? I want to jump brands and I want to cash in on Kevin Owens. Oh, there it is. Oh, man. I know. I like them said. both as heels, though. They're so good at just pissing people off. I love – like Sami Zayn, I remember when he turned heel for the first time. We were thinking like – And he moved yeah, uh, Kevin. Like, is, he gonna, is it going to work with him as a heel? Because he's been oh, such a face for the whole unreal. time. Unreal. He comes out the next night skipping to the ring and just cutting his heel from him. I was like, this guy's amazing. Why did they do this before? Right from NXT. He's perfect. So, like, I, I like him as a heel. I'd he, love to see that. He's a guy I never thought would be this good as a heel. Like, you look at him, it's like, yeah, this guy looks like the underdog guy. He's the guy you'll always cheer for. And then he comes out and he's skipping and he's cocky and he says, you suck. And I'm like, yes, this is, this is actually working. I like it. I'm going to put uh, Brian in the same category. Oh, That's another his, he, he has the best, like, smirk. Like when he smiles, it's so funny. It's like these guys are like notorious baby faces, and then they go on their heel run, and, it's, and you just forget all about that. I forgot him and Rowan are the tag. Like channels. when did you see when they won? You see his face. He's like, oh my god, that's I'm amazing. back on top again. <laughs> the Planets tag team champions. <laughs> see, that's the problem though. They don't have any any com- competition there. Like, like who are they? Who are they facing there? Uh, Shinsuke and Rusev, who you haven't seen in 19 months. I think now's the time Rusev needs to be uh, a face sing, again. Yeah, face and Shinsuke needs to go for that IC title with Finn. That's a perfect Oh, But they oh, won't yeah. do that. They're going to keep him as a tag team and make them lose every match. But yeah, if there's one guy that like I need to win this match, it's Andrade. I think he needs it the most out of all of them. Randy should not be in that at all. Like, at, like get out. <laughs> Please just leave. Uh, Ricochet even. like He's a guy where I look at and it's like, 
you're in the match, but I don't see you winning. Like you're literally like a Shelton Benjamin here. Like you'll do the high flying and you'll then that's it. You won't win. Um, do you guys see him being successful in WWE? Ricochet. Yeah. I feel like he's a guy that would get more over than Vince would want him to. Much like with Cesaro and Daniel and Bryan in the past. Shit on him. Yeah. Oh, like a Cesaro. But okay. like the, the talent's obviously there. You just gotta let the kid fly. That's it. That's yeah. literally it. But yeah, with the with the Saudi show coming up though, you never know what could happen. Yeah. It's tough. It's very tough because for some reason the Saudi shows are just nostalgias. Like that's yeah. just what it's all based on. Like we're gonna see Goldberg versus the Undertaker. That's what the. But we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna say that for another podcast. That markets. That's what they want. They want the older <laughs> guys back. <laughs> but anyways, guys, that's it for this week's episode. Money in the bank predictions are done. I hope Andrade wins. This guy says Baron, and this guy says Bork Laser, <laughs> and he's not even in the match. Bork. But anyways, guys, that's it for this week. Make sure to tune in next week. Stay tuned. Woo!